Artist Alyssa Burke brings new meaning to the term prolific artist. Like, sometimes I look at her social media account and wonder if she ever runs out of ideas. When I first met Alyssa, she was a guest on my TV show, Craft Lab. And at that point, you know, I was doing like four episodes a day sometimes, and people kind of started to blend together after a while. But from the minute the red light went on and the camera started rolling and we started working together, I knew that Alyssa was special and that she was going places. The way she fearlessly went into Canvas making marks helped send me personally down my road of mixed media art. Several books, magazine covers, and viral posts later, it's obvious I was not alone in what I saw in Alyssa. Y'all, I am Jennifer Perkins, and this is the Creative Queso Podcast, coming to you live from my closet in Austin, Texas. I love talking to fellow creatives about their business almost as much as I love going to thrift stores and gluing pom-poms on things. And if you know me, that should speak volumes. As I said, I've long been in love with the work of Alyssa Burke from her murals. Like if you've ever seen pictures of her house, it looks like every wall, even her like deck and patio is gorgeous. Her sketchbooks full of florals, everything she touches is gorgeous. Alyssa has been a full-time artist for over a decade, but the funny thing is, is she doesn't really make a living in the traditional sense of paint a picture, sell a picture, paint a picture, sell a picture. And that is the lesson for other artists to learn in this episode. Alyssa has multiple streams of income for her business, including digital downloads, creative consulting, even pottery and hosting in-person retreats at her home on the Oregon coast. However, her main income stream are online classes. In this episode, we go really deep about all 90, I said 90, of the classes Alyssa has to offer. Since I'm about to dip my own toe deeper into the world of video, I went all in, quizzing her about teaching platforms, cameras, pricing, editing, and more. Lucky for me and lucky for you, Alyssa is very generous with all of her information, and I walked away feeling really inspired and ready to make my own videos, and hopefully you will too. In my experience, creatives who are just as good at marketing and social media are the ones that get to do their craft full time. Alyssa is the primary breadwinner at her house. I'm not, you know, there's no spouse in the background with a full time job paying the mortgage and covering the health insurance. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people. At this house, it's all Alyssa all the time, and her family would not want it any other way. All right. Grab the chips and dips, and let's do this. Hello, Alyssa, and thank you for joining me. Yay, thank you for having me. I am excited you're here. I I was like thinking back. I like to kind of like start all the episodes thinking about like, how do I know this person yeah. or <laughs> where have I met this person? And we go all the way back to the days of Craft Lab. Like that's totally. where we first met, right? Yeah. When was yep. that? What oh year gosh. was that? I don't know what year it was, but it was a long time ago. It feels like forever. 
It must have been like because Tallulah was born two thousand nine, so it must it have been before like that. 2007? that two thousand seven, yeah, or six. Yeah, how many it episodes was, were you on? I was just on one, and I kind of think it never aired. I don't know. No. I was no. waiting for it to air, and then something happened with the DIY network, and I so I think I was just on one, if I recall. Did I you never though. see it? You've never uh-uh. seen your episode? I never saw it. And I thought, oh my gosh, when it airs, it's my big day. <laughs> Aww, I never I, saw it, but that's okay. I don't need to see it. I like to watch myself anyway. So, <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, like I've literally seen like two or three episodes of the entire show and I did yeah. 120 of them. So. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But yeah, that's where we met. It is. No, I, I distinctly remember because they were shuffling people in and out. I was filming like four episodes a day some days, but yeah. I remember you stood out. I was like, that girl girl she's got star power I know that girl's gonna go (laughs) somewhere you know what's funny is my husband was an extra for our project oh I remember that so even he was in it (laughs) I forgot well you know we had my husband in one too one with Kathy Connemario Uh she came on and they needed I forgot what we called them like the backup extra crafters that sat around and of course Kathy was doing some glitter project so you know he sat over there and slyly pretended to make a glitter project Cool. That was a long time. It feels like forever to me. It feels like a really long time ago. I know. And then I even like wholesaled some of your jewelry when I had Naughty Secretary Club. Yes, I, that's right. I still have some of your purses. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. That's right. See, I was like, I was, I was like going down memory lane with you. I was like, yeah. all the ways that I've known you through the years. It's been a long time, huh? It's been it a really long time. It yeah. has been a long time. I even remember seeing like, I don't even know if your book had come out, but I remember being in Ohio at Northlight to yeah. photograph the stuff for my book. And I think yeah. you had just been there maybe, yeah. or, and I saw pictures from canvas remix that's it right that's what it's called Uh yeah yeah i remember seeing pictures of it so that's what that those were the good old days i feel like that's where it all kind of started for me so oh my gosh (laughs) 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 i gotta i gotta bring it back for everybody that's listening so they know know know. how we know each other but you know but even then like i think you have always had a very like distinct style like even You know what I mean? Like you've always yeah. like always been you. Like I can remember, you know, the things you did, the things I wholesaled from you, the things you did on the show. And your style is different now, but yeah. it was still similar. You still always had like your aesthetic and your yeah. vibe. Has it always been that way for you? Yeah. And it was always like because I have a real traditional arts education and I was always that person in class where I felt like all my stuff was totally weird and everybody else. <laughs> was normal like the way it was like Mm -hmm. I I just think a little bit different I don't interpret things you know which is good um so yeah I've always kind of done that and I've always really stayed away from looking at other people's stuff so while I like to connect like on a personal level with other artists I kind of don't look at stuff as best I can because it just clogs my brain up so um those are probably kind of too I'm probably just a little little off quirky (laughs) I just don't look at other what other people are doing so I don't know if what I'm doing fits into anything so yeah no it's worked for me though I can honestly say that so yeah I was listening to you on a different uh podcast what's that podcast called the creativity yes uh the creative habit is that what yes yes yes. yeah yeah I was listening to that actually this morning and I heard you say like 
telling the story of putting your stuff up in art class and always feeling like, which one of these is not like the others? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like sitting there, like thinking to myself, like, girl, I feel you story of my yep. life. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think at the time those, those experiences are, can be really uncomfortable, but I think I got used to that discomfort to the point where I'm like, I guess I just own this. <laughs> like, I, right. guess I, I guess it's okay. And you know, a lot of times my grades actually in, as an art major suffered because of that. But now looking back, I'm like, eh, who cares? I was doing my thing, you know, and it's, it's paid off now. In the end, so yeah, exactly. Who like, cares? Who did, who did the last <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. can't take you can't take any of that too much to heart. I heard an interview with um gosh, I can't think of what her name is, but she does the jealous curator. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. And it, I think it was an interview with Ashley Longshore. And she was saying that like in art class, like she, her art professors kind of criticized her collage work yeah. and kind of shut her down. And that's how she got into like curating as opposed to ever creating herself because yeah. she took that so to heart and how it's taken her even till now to kind of get back into collage yeah. you know so it's like I understand I didn't you know I don't have an art degree I have a psych degree but yeah you know so like I understand that like they're trying to help you but sometimes when I hear these like art school stories I'm just like what I'm so sorry I just want to hug you and pat you yeah they're sort of I, I don't want to say traumatic, but in a weird way, creatively traumatic, where I think it can can keep a lot of people from actually pursuing a creative career. Like you go in thinking, I'm following my heart, I'm going to be an artist. And then once you get into actual like the structure of education, <laughs> it kind of the two sometimes don't feel like they go together. And it's like a wake up call. Like I wanted, there were many times I thought about changing my major. And I'm like, no, I like it too much. I like art. So it's, yeah, it can be easy to go just give up on all of it because of that. So, yeah. What would you say if your, if your daughter was like, I want to go to, I want to be in art. What would you say? Would you be like, well, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'd say this. I'm not a big supporter of college unless at this point, unless you want to be like um, a doctor or lawyer, you have like Mm -hmm. something really specific, but when it comes to art and music and all the creative arts, I kind of feel like just go do it. (laughs) So I would tell her, as long as you don't go to college and rack up a giant student debt bill, then I'd be totally fine with it. But um, she, she wants to be a veterinarian. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, all kids her age want to be a veterinarian. <laughs> that was Tallulah's dream. I think currently she wants to be a professional drag queen. You know, I don't know. It just Ooh, it changes. I, like that. I, like I know, that. right? <laughs> awesome. We're in here practicing our James Charles eyeshadow. Thank God I never oh, threw amazing. away all the, all the Mac makeup from the nineties that I had. It's coming real handy now. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, wow. So, okay. Well, I want to jump into speaking of giant bets or yeah. debts for uh, a yeah. oh, I want to jump yeah. I want to jump right into the dollar dollar bills. So, yeah. um I was going through your YouTube channel and so you have mm-hmm. a video all about like making money mm-hmm. and you know and it sounded from your video the same story as my story and a lot of the solopreneurs that it's like when you like have a gig like you have or I have, it's really kind of like 15 arty side hustles that make one career. Right. Would you, you know what I mean? And I yeah. was like, going, I was like trying to think of all the things that you do. Yeah. You've got classes, books, retreats, digital products, physical products. Yeah. You do consulting. Yeah. So 
what are your thoughts like, what are your pearls of wisdom about having so many multiple income streams if you want to kind of make a living in this crafty, artsy industry? I think, I mean, on one hand, when I really step back and look at it, I kind of go, okay, is this, am I, is this okay? You know, like I do a lot of evaluating things over time and how I want to work and it can be exhausting to have multiple streams and different irons in the fire, but it's kind of the way my brain works. And it's got to be the way a lot of creatives work. Like I sort of have creative ADD where I enjoy not necessarily bouncing around, but I like having different projects happening simultaneously. So when I started building all this, you know, it was built off of a side hustle where I was just always trying to find what would you know, bring money in, um, enough money so I could quit that day job back in the day. And I think when it actually did grow and evolve, I just kind of kept that mentality of, I enjoy doing different things and Mm -hmm. I get a little, I wouldn't say bored, but maybe a little burnt out. If I just teach classes, I start to get burnt out and I want to make art, you know, and if I'm Mm -hmm. making art, I might as well sell it. Right. So um, while I think it's not for everybody and I would probably hesitate like telling solopreneurs or entrepreneurs to have that structure, um, I think if it works for your personality and and your work ethic and what the energy levels you have, Mm -hmm. it can work well because creatively it keeps me inspired. So, you know, like I'm in the middle of filming, um, online classes right now. And by the end of the experience, I'll be super burnt out, but I have other projects to kind of offset that feeling that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just kind of get to the end of filming and editing. So I do it all myself where I'm like, I just want to make art. And so then I'll, I'll have everything set up where I'll be making products for Christmas that I'll have on hand. And it just kind of gets my brain back in the flow state or getting away from Mm -hmm. being burned out. I just get bored and um, certain tasks can be just not very creative. So it's not for everybody. I will say that. And at times (laughs) I kind of go, is this the right way to be running a business? But so far it's worked for me and I enjoy myself doing it. And it's, I'm able to kind of tweak and bring in, um, different types of streams of income, you know, there's certain, certain ways I have to work in order to make money creating online classes. And then there's other things I can do that are a little bit less intense or stressful. And so it, for me, it, it's kind of a nice, like bouncing around. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, somebody who's like, a business consultant would probably be like, that's not a good way to run a business. I don't know, but it really works for me. So I'm happy doing it. It's not out of necessity. It's actually out of like enjoyment. So, well, and that's the, that's the most important thing at the end of the yeah. day, what, yeah. whether it's like textbook right or wrong, if you're happy, yeah. it's paying, you know what I mean? It's paying exactly. your bills. Exactly. And, people, and I'm the same way. I get like, you know, one minute I'm a podcaster, the next minute I want to do videos. And the day after that, I want to write a blog. Like I've never been able to just like, this is my one thing that I do. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yeah. I understand (laughs) that. I think that's okay too. I think it's, I, I think especially when it comes to creative careers, 
I think sometimes you do need to kind of pivot and evolve. I think creativity looks a lot different from just like standard business, you know, types of jobs or entrepreneurial situations. So I think creatively, sometimes you need that to stay creative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's the way my process works. But you do. And it's, you know, and even within your own wheelhouse of products that you offer, like I noticed, for instance, that you have like coloring books and downloadable coloring sheets. Well, five years ago, I bet you couldn't keep those in stock, you know, and now they're like, not as popular but you have other things you know you have other things to offset that I was talking with a friend this weekend about people that have built their entire business off of enamel pins which are so popular right now and I mean don't get me wrong I love enamel pins but enamel pins aren't going to stay right crazy popular forever so if that's like you're only paying your bills through enamel pins it's like y'all need to be thinking of a backup plan like (laughs) some other things for the backup plan (laughs) exactly if you want to stay full-time doing this like yeah you need to expand. So has there ever been any one of those income streams that you were like, you know, this just isn't working at all. Like I'm going to kick this component to the curb or do you always Um, kind of like tweak it and just maybe don't push it as hard? Yeah. I, for me, my biggest income is teaching. So online classes are where we make, that's where I put most of my energy. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, so I haven't yet had to step away from that. I, um, but I did step away from teaching, um, live just because teaching virtually just made sense for me from a budget standpoint. Um, but no, I think I'm always pivoting and kind of tweaking things. I would say the one thing for now I've kicked to the curb is actually working with companies and uh, not other people, not necessarily artists, but, um, bigger companies, bigger opportunities, those types of things where I'm signing contracts. I just have had so many literally terrible experiences where I'm like, why do I keep thinking I need to be working for that person or licensing this or that? And so I've kind of kicked that to the curb for now. Mm -hmm. And it seems to work quite well for me. I tend to have the most success and I'm happiest when it's just me setting out a goal. And, you know, if I feel like I want to have a product and a manufactured product or something like that, I just want to be the one doing the legwork to get it made. I don't think I want to be at this point working with companies who control that stuff. And I've kicked that to the curb. I kicked it real, real quick where I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. It just wasn't working. So the rest of the decisions I make, if something fails or falls short, I just pivot. I just, I have Mm -hmm. a million other ideas for every idea that falls short or doesn't do well. Or sometimes I'm kind of ahead of what people want. So I'll leave something available. And then like three years later, all of a sudden it's really popular. So Mm -hmm. I just, that kind of patience. And again, that's where I kind of try a bunch of different things as well. And I'm willing to have a few things going at the same time. So I can really read the market, figure out what people want. Um, It's hard when you just have one thing and you just stare straight at that one thing. But when you have five, you can kind of get a good idea of what is going to work or what you can tweak. But definitely right now, and it could change, I won't work with most companies. It has to be really, really exceptional for me at this point. So 
Interesting. Yeah, and a, I know. You know, <laughs> and a lot of people, well, I mean, I say that because like a lot of people feel like that's the ultimate gold star yeah. to have like... I mean, I know I did when I first yeah. got started. Like if a company wanted to work with you, it's like, what? Yeah. You want to wow. work with little yeah. me? But yeah. then after a while, you're like, dude, I'm chasing paychecks. I got to yep. work within these parameters or yep. want me to, you know, tweak something. And then there's so yeah. much contracts. And yeah, I mean, I think kind of the more established you get, the more you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's a lot to manage. And it's a lot. <laughs> you're just like I don't have time for that like yeah I'm sort of one of those people though again like when it comes to my art I've kind of always felt like the weird one and when it comes to business I sometimes feel that way too where I kind of go the opposite of where everybody else is going only because I just haven't had good experiences I'm like well I guess I won't be that artist working with a big licensing contract because mine completely failed and flopped. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's the opposite of what most people are striving for, but for me, it works just great actually. So, well, yeah. And I think sometimes like, that's the thing. I think you're one of those people that's like a package deal. Like you've got your style, you've got your art and you also know how to market those things and know what works for your audience. And I think sometimes when you work with companies, like I've had this happen in my own personal experience because my stuff too is often kind of left of center that it's like, you know, they don't quite know how to market it the right way or to the right people. And it's just like, well, yeah, I could have told you those, that those people aren't going to like it or think it's like totally weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta go with this way. Like in these people in this audience, like they just, maybe they like the art, but they don't exactly get, get the idea of how to market that art. Exactly. Yeah. I feel you. I exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So besides working with like another company, because clearly you don't want to do that. Not right now. Is there there anything else that you would like to add to your, to your list, like a podcast or like a a TV show, but I guess that would be another company. I actually do have a little, little scheme for something like that, but, um, I, I'm really happy with what I've got going. Like it's taken me, so it's been 11 years since I walked away from my day job and I've been maintaining like really steady income. I have a really, really loyal like customer and fan base going. So it's like, it, I feel like it's taken me this whole time <laughs> to um, really get a good formula for the way that I do things. So I'm very, I'm pretty happy with what I've got. I think I just want to like fine tune things, maybe bring more products in stuff. That's a little bit more passive where I'm not having to, I don't know. I mean, I love making handmade things, but you know, I do a lot of like staying up at night, glazing pottery that I'll sell for black Friday sales or, you know, things that Mm -hmm. take a lot of time and kind of a toll on my personal life. So, um, probably just fine tuning and kind of figuring a little bit more passive ways to do things. I love social media. I love YouTube. I love um, kind of that whole world. So there's a lot of like small goals. I would love to have some kind of a, a little DIY TV, like YouTube kind of thing going on. I'm, I'm really into free content. And I, I love being able to create free content and it supports the rest of the stuff that I do. So yeah, probably more live classes in my studio, which go really well. They're just a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ask, but right now I'm feeling for the first time in the last couple of years, pretty good about what I've got. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to just enjoy this for a little bit. <laughs> just the stability of knowing kind of a formula and then start to just tweak and fine tune things. Cause you know, nothing lasts forever. You got to change and evolve and go where media is going and you know, where people are hanging out online. I'm sure Instagram will go away someday. <laughs> We're going to have to yeah. learn something new. And, you know, so yeah, right now it's weird because I'm a huge goal-driven person, um, but I don't have like a bunch of giant, giant goals for my current business. I just want to fine tune it and get it like really, really working quite well where I'm not, you know, bending over backwards every day to... <laughs> get mm -hmm. stuff done, that type of thing. So yeah. How yeah. passive, you mentioned that um, your online classes, yeah. I'm assuming that's your kind of the bread and butter, yeah. like that's yep. what does well for y'all. Um, yeah. How passive are those classes? Like for someone, like, let's say like I wanted to do yeah. an online class, like how passive is passive? Like once it's done, is it like done? Yeah. Like they click a button and it downloads or how hands-on are you on those? Are they different? Yeah. Once it's done, it's done. Um, and it's a lot of work to get it done, but it's, you know, I've, I've got like a library of over 90 online classes people can take. Wow. So the, the most work, my husband works with me to kind of do all the technical stuff. So it's basically sending an email for your access and then people come and go as they please. So I'm not, I haven't set them up where I'm interacting or critiquing work. It's basically like, you know, you work at your own pace with all the stuff that I've got on the private class website. So they're pretty passive after they're done. Um, okay. you know, we do a lot of like little upkeep and tweaks on all the sites and that kind of the classes and that type of thing, but it's, it's pretty darn passive. And I'm really happy that I, I, I didn't know what I was getting into with this. I just thought, um, teaching online was a way more economic, um, option for customers who are on a limited budget, which is, huge part of my business philosophy as an artist. Like I want to have affordable artwork. I want to have affordable options. And so making the decision to teach online classes, I just want to give people a cheap opportunity to take an online class. And um, it's really evolved and changed into great, great passive income after you get the whole thing done, which is a ton of work. But um, it, it ends up just, you know, I'm able to sell them at any time. And it's quite nice. It's it's no, quite, quite nice. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I heard that you said you had ninety, I was like, "Dang, yeah. girl!" Yeah, I've been, but I've been making them for almost ten years now. So it's been, you know, I got on board before anybody was really. There's just a handful of us doing that, and they've changed and evolved with technology. And I've been able to, you know, do all kinds of fun things with them. So yeah, I've got a lot. There's a lot of them. <laughs> But that's amazing. Yeah. Do you yeah. find that, do you get a lot of, I'm taking this like online class with um, Kathy Heller from uh -huh. Don't Keep Your Day Job, that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she talks about like nurturing your audience as opposed to always being so worried about like growing and reaching new people. Do yeah. you find that like every time you take a class, like what's the ratio of like new people you've never seen before versus like your regulars that take every single one of your classes? I'd say it's probably like 50-50. I mean, it's constantly evolving with my social media following. So mm -hmm. um, I've had, 
I have just a nice, solid social media situation going on with Instagram where I've just grown my students from that place. So I'd say in the last couple of years, I've got a lot of new people, but then I have also about half of them are just longtime, loyal, wonderful people who will literally take every class I put out there. And I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And I love these people. They've come to my live classes. They're people that have actually turned into friends and stuff, you know, so uh-huh. I think it's like 50, 50 kind of like, you know, I'm always getting new people, but I'm always getting my loyal, my loyal peeps out there. And I love that. <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to the loyal peeps. To the loyal now, peeps yeah. um, do you use like, I'm, I was just curious about all your online yeah. classes. Yeah. Do, you mentioned you did all your editing. Yes. And all your own filming. Uh, what kind of camera do you use? I'm in the market for a camera. So I have a Canon. I have a bunch of cameras. I have a Canon 80D right now that I love. It's kind of a camera that all the YouTube vloggers love to use. And it's kind of, it's expensive, but it's it's worth it. Um, but I have... I have like a Canon Rebel that I'll use just for little B-roll shots, things, mm-hmm. little video film that I put in. I'll use my iPhone for certain things, but my Canon 80D is what I film these days on. Mostly. And I keep hearing about the Canon Mark G yeah, those are nice something, too. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some good cameras out there. Technology has changed, which makes it really easy to do it yourself, in my opinion. Um, there's, you know, great cameras with great quality that are user friendly. Yeah, but mm-hmm. mine, mine's an ADD and I have a really simple setup. Um, I tell people like a lot of times when I give advice to people with money and prices and all that stuff. Like it's so important for me. I do it myself so I can keep my prices low. And that's probably not going to change for me anytime soon, just because I feel so strongly about providing decent, like affordable content, you know, for a class. Um, so I guess someday if I wanted to like up the whole, the whole situation I have going on, I could hire videographers and, you know, editors and all that stuff. But for me, I've got like this formula just down. I've got my camera, my lights, my tripod, and I, I just create, you know, and the, and the, the, the exciting part is the content is the stuff that I put together in those classes. It's not necessarily like fancy shots and, you know, beautiful music and Mm -hmm. scenic landscapes. It's like, we are creating a lot of art in all of my classes. So, well, and I think sometimes, I mean, first of all, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. As they say, but you know, I think sometimes like, I don't, I don't need to pay extra for fluff, Yeah, you know, and like, in artsy side shots of you like thinking deeply like right. looking off into space right. like right. you know what I mean like yeah. if it's gonna take money off the end just show yeah. me how to paint because that's exactly. what I'm here for anyway exactly. no <laughs> yeah I yeah. appreciate that so do you use a platform like Skillshare or Teachable or there's one it's not kohlrabi I know that's a vegetable but it kind of sounds <laughs> like that it starts with a K <laughs> So what I've been using for years, and someday I'll change it, but every time I go to change it, I get a little nervous. So I use private websites. So I use TypePad still. And each class is set up in a private website where they get a password and a login, and they can come and go from it. So I set it up. My classes look a lot like my blog that I have. 
but just tons of video step out projects that all go along with whatever the subject matter is. So there's all kinds of fancy platforms out there for online classes. And once again, I've just, I just haven't had a lot of good luck with signing into something that I don't have complete control over. Mm-hmm. You know, things just seem to age out with technology. So right now it's working. I know someday I'll probably change it a little bit, but yeah, I just use private, a private website. So like TypePad allows you and WordPress would allow you this too. I believe um, the ability to, you know, create a private site and then you can design it. So I know how to do basic HTML coding and from behind the scenes like that. And I just get it all looking like I want it. (laughs) I just need a place to host all the videos that I create for those classes. So and then just hit go. Yeah. Yep. And for me, so it now, I, I can't imagine that at some point in your creative career that somebody like Craftsy or Blueprint Now or Creative Live hasn't approached you about doing a class. Like, why the decision to always do it yourself? Um. So a lot of people haven't approached me. I will say that. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's a few that have. And I've actually said no. Um, I for now, it just hasn't been the right situation. I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just, I wish I had a better answer and I wish I could give better advice with that. Cause I'm a yes person. I usually say yes to most stuff. Um, but yeah, I haven't had, I will say I haven't had a lot of people approach me for those types of things. There's been a few and they just haven't been the right, the right timing and the right situation. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the right money. I, you know, if we're being really open. Um, I'm, I do quite well with my own, the way that I do it. And when I have been approached, it just from the money side, just, I, it's kind of like, wow, it's a lot of work. And I have to do that work differently than I do it uh-huh. for my own platform and what I do. And I don't have control over what it costs or how people, you know, are people are involved. Mm-hmm. So it's, And it's just a little percentage. It's not like, yeah, which I, you know, it's not all about money for me, but, um, my classes are real. They have a lot of content for what you're paying. So a $20 class has a a crazy amount of of videos and content in them. And it just hasn't made sense for me yet. And it could, you know, the right opportunity comes my way. I would absolutely say yes to stuff like that, but just hasn't been the right fit. And I'm, I'm one of those people that goes with my gut, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. read the email, read the situation. I'm like, eh, just not feeling this. <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean, it's not like people have been like beaten down my doors. The only, like I had a thing with, I was going to do craftsy slash blueprint yeah. and Baxter was like six weeks old yeah. and they were going to fly down here yeah. and like film me. And I was just like, oh, like I really want to, I was going to teach a small business class, but I was like, I got a brand new baby. Yeah. Like, that like it's nursing like every four seconds like yeah. I just yeah. you know what I mean I was just like yeah. I don't know this is gonna work like yeah you just kind of sometimes know like and, and I plus, like oh, go ahead. you're good no I was just gonna say like why it's kind of like we go back to that thing about like how to market it and you know your yeah. audience and it's like why farm that stuff out like you've got yeah. a formula that's like working and your people know where to find it and you're not going to be mixed in with 15 other classes by other people. Yeah. And it just, um, 
it just goes for me. It just it's that same theme of I just don't tend to have very or I haven't, and that doesn't mean I won't in the future. I believe anything can change, and something great can be wonderful working with a company. But I just I'm literally telling you, it's like I've it's happened enough times where I've gone. I think somebody's trying to tell me something. <laughs> like right, supposed to just just perfect what I have and do really good at what I have in front of me. And maybe the right people will see me and work with me in the right way. So it's, it's that same, that same theme for me where I kind of, am like, I like kind of being that, that I wouldn't say indie, but just, I'm not in that mix where I, sometimes I don't want to work with a big, big company that has all these investors. And, you know, I, I kind of like, kind of go, well, you're going to get, like a little indie with Alyssa, if you take a class and if you take a class from a big website, you're going to get something different. And it just isn't the right fit yet. Mm-hmm. Someday well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe, maybe you just keep on keeping on. Cause it's exactly, it, it seems to be working. Have you, with all the content and stuff, have you always had YouTube videos as well? Cause you touched on this briefly about the free content, but yeah. you have so much free. You are such a prolific blogger and then you've got yeah. the YouTube and then Instagram with like, and I'm not talking like a one sentence, cute little quip. Like you are writing like heartfelt captions. Yeah. It's so I, YouTube has been something the last like three years. I've just kind of is like my fun hobby. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm big into free content and I, it, it totally ties into my business. So I feel like creatively my mission, I really want to inspire people. I love when people are not ready to draw or paint, but they're good. So I did. And I love it. I I just, that brings me tons of joy. So, um, I feel like it's really important to provide free content because there's so many people, there's like a catch where like, Oh, you can only learn this if you pay for this. And Mm -hmm. I'm just not one of those people. I was, pretty poor growing up and my parents were potters. So there was a lot of struggle. I I kind of got to take art classes when they had money and it's so much a part of my brain. Um, I don't think I can ever like be that person that's going to charge you admission for my secrets. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can, you can pay admission for some really great classes, but I also feel like it's kind of my mission to also give that stuff away in my own way, you know, there's lots of stuff I don't give away, but, um, so yeah, I like using those platforms. And then if you like me on a platform and you're willing to join me as a customer, then awesome. You know, and that's the way I've built my entire, my entire gig. And it, it works quite well and it makes me feel good. Like have happy thoughts inside. <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel all warm and squishy. It really does. It really makes me like, you know, I've always, I'm always trying to figure out how, like, how can I be of service? What can I do in this world? I'm just an artist. Like, but, and what I can do is give people inspiration and, you know, that kind of thing. And if they want to come along for the journey with paid opportunities, that's okay too. So I've got, <laughs> well, both, you're so, you know, <laughs> you're so prolific. It's almost like you need all the places to put I it do. out there. Yeah. You know, you're just like, 
you strike me as one of those people, like, it's not just for the camera that you're just like kind of constantly like doing or making. And like, I mean, I get you. I'm the same way. Like my kids will be like, can't you just sit and watch a show? And I'm like, no, because I've always got to be like, or I'm drawing or I'm gluing or I'm like, you know, doing this or I'm doing that. Like, I just can't like, and you seem like you're that person too. Like you're going to be art in any way. And I've been, that's my whole life has been that way since I was a kid. I was that kid locked in my room making things out of trash and drawing and, you know, like every moment of my life, this is, this is just me. (laughs) You know, if I had to go back to work, like I had a job 11 years ago, I'd still be doing this. You know, I wouldn't just for fun, a lot of it. So now I've had to figure out how to turn it into a you know, a profitable business because it pays our bills at this point. And, um, but I still, there's all kind like YouTube is just fun for me. I I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I want to be on all the platforms and do all the stuff that this is kind of like just a fun little thing to grow my channel. And then Instagram, I it's fun, but it's also part of marketing and branding. Um, so I try to have both, but yeah, I'd be doing mm-hmm. this if nobody was around. <laughs> I mean, crazy things. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like I was telling this story not long ago that like, there's a friend of mine in the industry that was saying like, I'm going to retire. And I was like, but would you be doing this stuff anyway? Like, would you be sitting around crafting anyway? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, then why don't you get paid for it? Like, you know, you're going to want to take a picture and put it on the internet. Like you might, if you can get paid for it, like, why not? Like, might as well, you're going to do it anyway. Totally. Totally. So with YouTube, are you, you know, I don't know how it works exactly about, are you to the point where you can get money from ads? Like, I know they switched it. Like you have to have a certain amount of views or subscribers or something. Yeah, YouTube's a little funny right now. So I, um, they changed their ad program. So it is harder to make money on YouTube and the money that you can make is like minimal. You know, it's, it's like, nothing that's pennies and for I don't have a lot of subscribers so I think I'm almost at 10,000 subscribers on YouTube which was my goal it's all I wanted um but I just use it as another marketing platform so if you watch a one minute video of mine on Instagram you know you can go to my YouTube channel and see just a longer version of the process so even though I'm not making direct sales from like ads on YouTube, that type of thing. I really see it as just like another platform mm-hmm. to connect with people to, you know, that type of thing. So I'm always filming all of my content, like pretty much everything I make gets filmed. And I, you know, use, you know, the longer version for YouTube, I might use clips from that video for an online class in the future. I'll throw it up on Instagram. I'll put it on my blog. So the content I made, I'm like, I'm making it anyway. So I'm going to film it. And then I can break that into like four different things in my business and for fun. Cause it's fun too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you might as well. I mean, it's yeah. a, th- that's the way to repackage it. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, like if you're going to film it, it's like put it on all the places, all the platforms, use it all the ways. Like, yeah. I mean, this is all do as I say, not as I do. This would yeah. also involve me yeah. before we got started. And I pressed go, I was telling, I was saying that there isn't enough dry shampoo to help me right now. Yeah. So me like doing these things, I'm like, but that would involve makeup I know. <laughs> and washing my hair. Like, Oh, <laughs> I know. And I mean, I mean, there's days like I don't get dressed for days in a row, but 
I'm so those are the days I only film my hands, you know, making. Yeah, so I think I'm scarred for life from like all those years of like TV and then Facebook, Facebook live things like getting ready. Do I have an outfit? Like I'm just like, don't make me get dressed. Let me just sit here in this dumpy T-shirt that I've had since 1993. It's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work actually getting all that stuff ready. I I feel you. That's yeah. But you always look cute in your videos. Oh, I try. <laughs> I try. You definitely always do. So, you know, another thing that you do, like I mentioned this real quick, is that you still blog a lot, you know, and you hear people go back and forth about like blogging is dead. Blogging is that, you know, and even I go back and forth like, should I be putting like stuff on my blog, more stuff, less stuff? But then, you know, then if I don't blog, then what am I going to talk about the other places? But you're still blogging like how many yeah. days a week? I mean, up until last year, it was five days a week for the last almost 15 years. And oh my I, gosh. I got I to gotta pull back a little bit because people aren't hanging out on blogs anymore. But my content, I have a huge following on Pinterest. So a lot of times I had to really rethink, like I started feeling like, oh, my blog is failing. I've spent so many years on this and now nobody's reading blogs. They're all on Instagram now. And I had to like just pause and go, okay, let's not get discouraged. Let's just reframe the whole thing. So um, I still blog because I've got longtime readers and I think that they're still relevant. I think when people say blogging is dead, I think there's still a place for it and it might come back. I feel like there could be a comeback. I do too. I feel like there's this like pendulum swing of everything was like short and quippy. And now people long for this like long form, like podcasts and commenting on blogs. And so I still use it. I just, I post maybe three times a week now, two times a week. And some Mm -hmm. of it's not as intense as it used to be. I, I mean, I was doing DIYs like five days a week and I had to pull back because I can't make all these classes and do all the DIYs and do all this free content. So now it's about two or three times a week. And it's just, I don't know, I've tweaked, I've tweaked my formula a little bit and sharing that, you know, sharing the stuff I'm the art I'm working on or behind the scenes or DIY here and there. But I actually, you know, anything I share on my blog goes straight up on Pinterest and gets Mm -hmm. shared a lot. So I've tried to use a lot of my blog content now on Instagram because there's a lot of people that don't know I have a blog. So I've started turning my DIY tutorials from the past into shareable content for Instagram. So step outs and that kind of thing that are easier to read in one Mm -hmm. little picture. So, um, but yeah, I still blog. I might be crazy doing it, but I no, I don't I think enjoy, you are. I love it. I enjoy it. I actually still really enjoy it. So well, and it, you know, and it goes to Pinterest is like as a search engine, like a big traffic driver for yeah. other things. And then I yeah. go back and forth on, well, if I don't have new things on my website, then I don't have new things to pin. Exactly. You know, is that where your head kind of goes? Yeah. Like I need to have even if it's not just for the blog, sometimes I'm thinking like in game, like, well, I need it for Pinterest just as much as anything like pictures of Christmas trees. Well, if I don't put it on, if I don't put it on my website to put it onto Pinterest, like where's it going to go? You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think creatively, I feel like sometimes it's a little bit, 
I don't know, like, you know, oh, do you say that out loud? You know, like, okay, people, I am blogging because this needs to get pinned (laughs) because that's how I run my business. I think sometimes people just think, oh, you blog because you really want to be blogging. And I love to blog, but there is a marketing angle to things. And and I think as creatives and, and artists in a world that's changing really quickly, I think it's important to say that stuff out loud because... I don't think a lot of people realize blogging Mm -hmm. might feel like it's dead, but putting current content up on your website um, somewhere other than Instagram enables you to have it live in other places, which is going to be good for growing whatever you're trying to grow. Like Instagram's great, but again... I don't know how long it's going to be around. It'll go, and, it'll go bye-bye eventually. Yeah, I know sure. so, so many people like living their life only on the Instagram. And I'm like, yeah. dude, one day Instagram. Yeah. But if you've got a website or some space with content that maybe the same kinds of content can live, then it's good long-term, you know? And I, right. think, I think it's important around. to say that out loud too, because I think a lot of people are trying to figure it all out. Like they just exist on Instagram and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I think you might need to exist in other places if you're, if you're, if it's, if it's a business, you know, so. No, I totally agree. And I think it's great to say those kinds of things out loud because I think sometimes, you know, there's still those people that are like, you know, you go back to the like artists should be like poor yeah. and want to give it away and a this and a that. And it's like, yeah. you know, you get to where it's like, dude, I got kids and a yep. family and, yep. uh, you know, people yeah. want to take aerial silks class that costs yeah. like a zillion dollars. Like <laughs> when you said like, when my parents, like, you know, when sometimes we could do this and sometimes we couldn't do that. Like, I mean, I live that life all the time. I'm sure you yeah. do too. It's like, yeah. well, well, this month, mommy's got a gig with so-and-so. So yeah, right. you can take that camp next month. Right. I may not. So no, we're not going out to dinner. Like that's yeah. just the way of being a solopreneur. Like it waxes and it wanes. It really does. And I think I'm happy more people talk about the the money side of it because I feel like art and the creative creative jobs are kind of that one last thing where people think you should be doing it for free, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, we all have to make a living and this is how a lot of us do. So it, I think it's important to have those conversations for sure. Well, exactly. And I like saying authors should like give away their books. Musicians should give away their music. It's just like, well, that all sounds great in theory, but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it doesn't work. You know, I was going to bring this up too. speaking of money that it's like, you know, my husband and I have this conversation a lot that, you know, people may think like me, like, oh, you know, it's so awesome. You make a living off of being creative and crafty and this and that. But like, for me, the truth is, you know, I, I have a husband who has a full-time job, which also, you know, really pays the mortgage, pays for health insurance for sure. You know, but then someone like you, like you're really doing it. You're like full kit and caboodle. Like it is all art all the time to pay the bills. Like Andy works for you, right? Like he's part of the business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how, I mean, how's that pressure working out for you? (laughs) Intense. I mean it, but I, I actually, it fuels my creativity in a really weird mm-hmm. way. So um, he quit his job seven years ago. And, you know, at first we kind of were like, let's see how it works. You know, he can go back to work. But now that we're in it, it's like, you kind of feel like, why would I change this? This is, we have so much flexibility, but it is a lot of work and it is not for the faint of heart. It is, we pay for our health insurance. We pay for everything. Um 
And at this point, you know, we don't have employees. It's family who works for me when I need work done and we're paying family members, that type of thing. So um, it's intense. It's pretty intense. But I can honestly say so far it's working and I don't mind the pressure most of the time. But um, <laughs> there are days. <laughs> there are days. No, sure. get a, a, like a hospital bill or an urgent care bill. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is, I do miss, I do miss that part of having a job with benefits and that type of thing. But exactly. When they like shove something up your, their nose and you're like, can I get this out myself? Or do we oh, really have to go to urgent care? To pay for this? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is this really a, a $600 yeah. booger or can I get it out myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The things you now, did y'all do that like intentionally? Did you just get to the point in your career where you were like, I need like help, and it might be you, or did you like because when I was, you know, thinking about you, I was thinking about um, this quote. I guess the guy's name is like Hernan Cortez, where he mm -hmm. like burned the ships, like he got there, they were gonna fight, and it was like, well, if they left the ships and they had that way to like get back yeah. if they needed to, but he was like, you know what, burn the ships, like, yeah we don't have a way back. Like we either like kick their asses yeah. or we get our asses kicked. Do you like feel that way? Like I, I do. I, you know, it's interesting because we tried for years to, to create the life we have now. I mean, like a lot of people who, who have followed my story. I mean, it took me 15 years just to get to a point where I could quit my day job. Um, so I'm, I've been on like the slow road <laughs> my entire life with this, but Andy, my husband and I tried for years to try to set something up where we had a more creative lifestyle and maybe it was my art supporting what we're doing. And it just always flopped. We tried to move away from Southern California to the Oregon coast where we live now. Um, and it just kept, flopping for many, many years and scenarios. And something clicked in my business that I was building, you know, that enabled me to step away. But then we started making it the kind of income where it was like, well, why Andy doesn't need to work anymore? Like he could leave. Why would we he was miserable? Why would he stay working at an engineering job? <laughs> 13 hour days stuck in traffic when he, we could now afford to bring him home. And then that all coincided with getting pregnant and having my daughter. And it was like, I, I don't even like, I always look back and go, what, what happened? Can we recreate this over and over again in other areas of our life? And I don't know if it's, you know, I believe in luck. I believe in timing. I also believe in hard work and all those things coming together and something just clicked and we left it all. Like we left Southern California we live in a small town on the Oregon coast. We, this supports our family. My husband works for me now and raises our, our daughter and we homeschool her. So it, I don't know. I wish I knew like it, we even look back and go, did, how did we do this? This is crazy. Like how did this happen? <laughs> but I think it was like the timing of growth and guts. Like there was growth in my business and we were just like, screw it. Let's do it. You know, like mm -hmm. it's making sense. If we don't jump now, <laughs> we're not right. going to do it. So we, probably had other intentions. Like when we did it, we thought we'll give it a couple years. And if we both need to go back and get jobs somewhere, we'll do it. We don't mind, but it's done so well 
that we haven't needed to even think that way. It's just lots of moments of pressure where it's like, oh man, you know, let's get ahead or Alyssa's working so much. We need to figure out a way to take a vacation or those types of things mm-hmm. or, you know, but talk about first world problems, you know, like, like, Alyssa well, yeah, take a vacation. everybody, ha- I mean, even if you yeah. weren't an artist, you yeah. know, even if you, I don't, even if you were a day trader, yeah. you know, you'd go through those like feelings of like, oh, I'm working too much and this and that. And- yeah. But at this point, there is no turning back. The ships have been burned for sure. (laughs) I mean, once you live the life of no pantyhose full time, there's it's real, real hard to go back to setting an alarm. I say all the time, you just can't put the genie back in the bottle when you have tasted your dream. Like this was always my dream. And when you get a taste of it and you know what it's like on the other side, like I was so uncomfortable in a normal job. (laughs) Not that it's okay for other people, but for me, it just felt so uncomfortable. And now that I'm on the other side and I've tasted my dream, I can't go back. I can't put it back Uh -uh. in the bottle. So our our whole family, probably the three of us feel that way too. Like it would be really hard to, for one of us to go get a job outside the home at this point and change things up. I mean, we could do it, but we, I will work as hard as I need to work to continue to have this kind of life. And it's a lot of work. I I mean, even like sometimes my husband will threaten me like, do you need to go get an extra job and go get a job? I'm like, oh my gosh, like what? No, of course not. Like, I don't even know what a resume looks like anymore. I'm just like, there's still cover letters. Like, how do you do this? Like, I wouldn't even know like step one. Like, I wouldn't even know what to put as my credentials. Like, knows how to plug in a glue gun. Like, I don't even know anymore. Like, I'm unqualified for the real world. Yeah, yeah. But you're probably, we're both, we're all working just as hard, if not harder at times. I mean, I know I work harder now than I did in my, the jobs I had. I mean, I look back and went, my gosh, I was not working hard at all. <laughs> That's job. Oh my God. I mean, and how many times do you look back and you're like, dang, like for something that I could just be like done at five and like come home yeah. and just yeah. like not have to think about it. Because those are yeah. the kinds of things too, that people don't think about the yeah. fact that business is all that you think about all the time like it doesn't like especially if you work out of your home like it doesn't turn off yeah it's 24 7 everywhere you go even on vacation even on a day off it's really Mm -hmm. hard to to shut something (laughs) off in your brain yeah it's hard it's really hard those pom-poms aren't going to make themselves (laughs) 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 somebody's got to do it all right well I I won't keep you all day but we have to wrap up with my question I ask everybody which is do they have queso on the Oregon coast? And if so, where would we go? Oh my gosh. I don't oh, the pause. So. There's the, there's the dreaded pause of like no queso. And that means I can never live in Oregon. I mean, I saw your, I saw your Instagram. Did you put a picture of that Siete um, cashew queso? I did. It keeps coming up. Several people love, have mentioned it. I love that stuff. So we've got that. I It's really good too. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm like, I'm on a, like my life's mission is to make them like my podcast sponsor. Like I think they need to, I think it would be like the perfect podcast sponsor. I also want to get jars of it and send it to all my guests as a thank you. So you may be getting a jar of cashew queso and 
oh my gosh that's a tongue twister <laughs> cashew queso there it is <laughs> it's really good we have that but no we don't have real true queso on the oregon coast i'm sorry i'm sorry well i, I could also too. send you i could also send you a block of Velveeta and a can that's of rotel <laughs> that's true so don't you wear your pretty little head and then you could do like mixed media painting with queso cheese i would do it we'll work it into your repertoire i can make it happen for you I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't doubt it at all. Well, thank you so much for, for spending time and, and talking, talking art and creative careers with me this afternoon. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. It's fun, yeah, to, it's fun catching up. <laughs> Can you imagine having 90 online classes as a form of passive income. All someone has to do is click, buy, download, and they are off to being inspired and creating. And I also love how Alyssa talked about how she tries to keep her prices low so that anyone could take these classes and not to mention all that free content she has out there. I mean, her YouTube channel alone is full of fun, cool, inspiring stuff. All right. It can seem daunting to get started, but I know I feel a little bit better about going down that video production rabbit hole than before I talked to Alyssa. Hopefully you do too. So be sure to check out Alyssa all the places, but especially, you know, go to AlyssaBurke.com and at AlyssaBurke on Instagram. I have always been a huge fan of her work and her style, and I promise you will too. Okay, I'll have full show notes over on creativecaso.com as always. But while you're there, be sure to check out this week's Taco About It Tuesday interview with perfumer Jessica Hanna. I know perfumer. How exciting is that? Jessica and I met at Craftcation when we were both on a panel about creativity. Not only does Jessica make and sell her own scents via her website, jessicahanna.com, she also teaches workshops up and down the West Coast where you can learn to make your own natural perfumes. Jessica, if you're listening, take that show on the road because I know a few people here in Austin that would love to take the class. And also, I'm trying so hard not to talk about how her business model is sensational. See, I did it. I couldn't stop. Couldn't help myself. Anyway, go read the full interview with Jessica Hanna over at creativecaso.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, go back through those Creative Queso archives. There is some good stuff. If video is your thing, be sure to check out episodes like the one with my buddy Vicki Howe, who kickstarted over $80,000 to launch her own YouTube series, the Knit Show. Or how about my chat with top Skillshare instructor, watercolor artist, Anna Victoria Calderon. Or another personal favorite, my little chit chat with Andrew and Dennis of the Crafty Lumberjacks, who also host a digital series for HGTV, Handmade. So if you've got video on the brain, people, I got you covered in the archives. Thank you again to Alyssa Burke for stopping by and hanging out my producer, Mariah Gossett, and the music man, Chris Beck. And as always, thank you to you for hanging out and listening. You can find me at creativecaso.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter or on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places at Creative Queso. And I'll see y'all next week, same time, same place.